0: Podcast coming to you today for a very, very exciting interview. It feels weird to say that we're sort of taking a break from non-interviews to get back into interviews to then go into a non-interview again next week. It's a it's a very interesting time right now and off the podium. But put all that aside, we are going to return to the great sport of handball. A couple of months back, we spoke to Haven Wong about handball. Today we're going Australian handball, Caleb Gayen, an Australian member of of the national side for the sport of handball since 2012 and a great chat here learning about his history in the sport how he got involved how an olympics helped shape his passion for this sport and just where he's at in terms of holding on for another nine years to play at the Olympics in his home city of Brisbane. Is it something that he's looking towards? Because we know that we're going to be competing in handball again come 2032. So a wide-ranging chat here, which is just great to learn the insight about where the sport is at in Australia, where we're going, how we've come from the Olympics, going towards another Olympics and experiences at world championships, Oceania championships, emerging nations championships, Caleb's experiences of playing in Europe and also where he's based right now in the UK and a fun little tale about just why Australian handball likes to get trolled by a major entertainment arm. Now, that might sound a little bit weird, but there's a entertainment section out there that people love. I love it. You love it, if you're listening to this, that decided to release something to do with handball and completely troll Australia. It's horrible, but it happened, and we're going to find out that in this interview. So sit back, relax, and listen to our chat with Australian handball player Caleb Gain. <laughs> Months back, we had our very first taste of the great sport of handball on this show. We spoke to Team Canada member Haven Wong about her experiences in playing the sport in Canada. Today, we are going to continue to talk about handball, but about the sport. In Australia, my homeland, and I'm so excited to be able to welcome to the podcast a member of the Australian national team, part of that team since back in 2012, has gone to world championships, Oceania championships, traveling the world, playing the great sport, and it's actually speaking to us from the other side of the world too, which I'm excited to learn a little bit more about his experiences in. It's a pleasure to welcome to Off the Podium, Caleb Gahan. Caleb, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on today.
1: Thanks, mate. Yeah, pleasure to be here, actually. It should be fun. Love, love chatting about handball in Australia.
0: That's that's what we want. We that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that enthusiasm because I, I absolutely love handball. I talked a lot about that with Haven. I've talked a lot about it on the show over the years because it is such a, a fun, unique sport that as Australians, <clears throat> we don't really get to see too much, do we?
1: No, definitely. It's. Uh, I mean, you know, it's becoming a little more prominent now, obviously, in this internet age, but it used to be, uh, you catch it on the Olympics every four years and that's about it.
0: Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, we think of handball, don't we, as something a little bit different, the old four square, uh, sort of in the, uh, the mm-hmm. recess and lunch playgrounds uh, growing up, which I actually saw... Is it that's technically called Australian handball and then we refer to what you play as European. I didn't realize that was technically based in Australia. I thought that was based elsewhere as well.
1: Yeah, no, there you go. That's that's a conversation I've had many a time when I tell people I play handball. <laughs> <laughs> Not this one. No, no, no. That's, I call that four square. Yeah, I exactly. Think, to make it really simple and then, yeah. Handball.
0: Yeah, you kind of use when Kevin Rudd at that period of time was like, "I'm the king mm-hmm. of handball." You're thinking like, "Oh, he's going to go to the Olympics, is he?" Like he's trying something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, uh, not quite that way. But I mean, gotta gotta start with the obvious question, though, Caleb. Uh, a sport that, as we are talking about right now, not huge in Australia. How how do you get involved in the sport of handball? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's. I mean, it's a long story. We can sort of condense it down a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting challenge that I think was faced by a lot of people. So I saw it at the Sydney Olympics and great, really excited. I really want to play this sport. Went to school. I think I was what must've been 12, 13 at the time went to school, check with a PE teacher. Hey, like I want to play this sport. Any idea where I can? No, no idea. Hmm. Can't tell me. It was five years later, just coincidentally going to school with a girl. Her dad was involved. He actually came along, recruited my sister, who was a netball player. God, you know, you play netball, you might want to try this. So she started playing and I was like, hey, that's that sport that I wanted to play five years ago. (laughs) So here I go. Well, I play everything else baseball, basketball, volleyball, soccer. So combine all those skills into one. Here's handball.
0: Simple, easy, which I I was I'm glad you brought up the Sydney Olympics because I was gonna ask that, sort of based on your your age and sort of you know, kind of obviously remembering the Olympics back then. But, I mean, did you have tickets to it? Did you see it on TV? Sort of what was your, I guess, experiences watching it in Sydney?
1: Yeah, just just on TV, the handball. It was, you know, we went down. We actually did go down to Sydney for the Olympics. And then I think just one night, like, it must have been 11.30 or something, flicking through the Olympic channels and they're showing a replay of Australia. I don't even remember who they were playing against. Um, but, yeah.
0: That simple? So, yeah.
1: Pretty, pretty interested from that point on. I, I,
0: I remember those days vividly of good old television broadcasting of the Olympics because obviously now we're spoiled for choice, right? You can go on the app, you can mm. choose to watch handball the whole time. I did it a lot during Tokyo the other year, whereas back then you would have to stay up till the wee hours of the morning and yeah. hope that Channel 7 would yeah. show sort of the uh, more obscure sports that weren't swimming for about 18 hours of the day. Yeah, catch
1: it catch it on SBS
0: if you were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know if it? it's sort of like, I think around 2012 was when we sort of had more people luck into it. I think now with the app, people are choosing what they want to watch and less people choose handball, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice when it's just sort of, oh, no, you
0: have to watch handball. It's exactly like the, this is what's on and this is what's going to watch it. Yeah. But when you sort of, discover the sport and you obviously you say you speak to your PE teacher don't know how to get involved in it but when you do sort of get that connection and you found yourself pursuing this how hard was it to get into it from that point on was there many places in your local area where you could take the sport up
1: yeah it's difficult um you know like a lot of universities are going to have teams or or clubs um you know because obviously there's a large base of players that are Exchange students from Germany, France, from Scandinavia, um, and then in Australia. I mean, when I started playing, we had a lot of uh, people from the Balkans, uh, who obviously families had left former Yugoslavia in the in the early nineties, brought them to Australia. So I started playing at Griffith University back in two thousand and six, and it was got a whole bunch of Serbian guys. Up. So it's. Yeah, obviously it's it's not super easy to get into. <laughs> as uh, I think I was what seven, seventeen, rock up to university with a bunch of sort of twenty three, twenty four year old Serbian guys all speaking a different language. <laughs> uh, look, uh, they were perfectly perfectly nice guys. Are uh, still you know really good friends with a lot of them, but you know uh, obviously as a seventeen year old kid, it's a little. Uh, confronting or intimidating from the start
0: but. yeah i can imagine which i found it fascinating because i think i spoke to haven about the fact that i remember in high school in like year eight year nine we kind of did like a week you know of, of european handball yeah. right like it was kind of let's let's give this a go and that was it and i grew up in tasmania notice that there is no tasmanian state federation for handball so that's a mm. conversation we might need to uh get <laughs> oh, off yeah, there yeah, gotta yeah. get off there caleb but i mean it's it's still fascinating to see that obviously it kind of goes through that because you see that with a lot of fringe sports, don't you, in Australia? I've been involved in Mm. ice hockey a lot and you sort of get a lot of those expats who come along and get involved. And you need those sort of people to kind of really give it a bit of a kick up the butt sometimes, don't you?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think sort of, you know, in handball there's there's obviously a a threshold. You need a certain number of players before anything is is viable. Um, And that's something that, okay, like in Australia we've been dependent on them. And it's, it's obviously helped a lot in terms of, Hey, like we can have higher level competition because sometimes you will get guys who are, you know, they spent their whole life growing up playing in Germany. They played a really high level and you know, they just sort of reached the point where, okay, like I play semi-professional handball, but it's never going to be a career. So I'm going to do university and do some exchange. So you get some like very high level players and it bolsters, I guess, the level of competition in Australia. Um, yeah,
0: Goes that so it's way. great
1: to have them around. But obviously now we have this 2032 Olympics and it's okay. Like the focus has to be a little more on how do we get more Australian guys involved in developing that sort of thing.
0: Cause it's a very unique period we're in right now, isn't it? Cause I was going to ask just in mm-hmm. terms of the flow on effect that Sydney had on the sport It sort of transitions into such a a brief window in Australian history where we've got two home Olympics in such a short period of time. So I guess the long winded way of asking, was there much of a flow on effect after Sydney or is it more of a case of we're seeing more of that happening now, given we've got such a long lead into Brisbane?
1: Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think a a lot of people who are around in the Sydney Olympics will tell you that, like, oh, hey, like it wasn't quite prepared, you know, for the post-Olympics, I guess, uh, boost in the number in the interest. Um, But you know, I I don't know how much you can fault uh, the organisation versus just how large the country is. Mm. Um, You know, we still have people. I, I still regularly like scrolling through our, our local club Facebook page and someone sent us a message, Oh, Hey, I'm up in Rockhampton. I'd love to play handball. And I'm like, well, your choice is to drive eight hours down to Brisbane for your two hour training session and then go home or start your own club. Um, you know, so people will sort of say like, Oh, look, like we will not prepare. We need to have more clubs in more places, but that requires volunteers. That requires boots on the ground, you know? Um, yeah. So we still have those issues, but I guess, I don't know, just with the ease of, of how easy it is to get information out there about the sport, about where people can play, it's it's definitely improving.
0: Which is, I guess, what you want to see with any of these sports because obviously the pinnacle of handball is the Olympics. And I guess realistically from an Australian perspective, is our only real chance of making an Olympics hosting an Olympics? Like how far away would Australia be from qualifying outside of hosting an Olympics?
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it's a long, convoluted path for us to qualify nowadays. Um, it's, you know, like, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's uh, a number of steps up. So, at the moment, our path is sort of, we have the, the Asian Championships, which qualifies us for the World Championship. And then, based on your position in the World Championship, you can, I mean, you can directly qualify if you win the World Championship, but let's not put ourselves in that boat. Train high, uh, there train are a on. number of sort of... Yeah, uh, there, there are a number sort of like based on uh, your ranking and depending where sort of continental champs finish. There's three uh, like smaller Olympic qualification tournaments. My, I guess the dream would be to qualify for one of those Olympic qualifying tournaments. I think like if absolutely everything went our way, we could finish seventeenth at the World Championship out of twenty-four, and you qualify for one of those tournaments. And then, I mean, look, like, it, they're, they're tournaments of four teams and, and two teams qualify, so, I don't know, if you get lucky and have your absolute best day while someone else has their worst day. You never know. It's, it's possible, I guess. <laughs> and but, so is yeah, Australia
0: involved in well Asia then, sort of similar to, to football, where we're sort of not involved in Oceania anymore?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we used to just have the the direct spot. Oceania had one spot straight to the World Championships um, so they took that away. So I played in, in 2013, that's how we got to the world championships. And then after that, they took that away. Uh, there's a little bit of political discussion about that, uh, but we won't get <laughs> into that, but like ultimately it was probably the correct decision. We weren't at the standard where, you know, winning at Oceania should really earn you the right to be at the world championship. Um, so it's, it's, it's good for us to be in Asia. It probably gets us more games at closer to our level. Uh, in terms of, you know, developing and getting better, that's, that's good for us, but it just means that it's, you know, we have to finish fifth in the Asian Championships to then get to the World Championships. And we've had, like, sort of 11th, 12th place finishes at Asian Champs, uh, you know, with, with some close games that could have pulled us up into the top eight. So, like, that sort of pathway, it's, it's conceivable, but it's, it's, you know, it's going to take some hard work. We sort of throw away the last Asian Championships of COVID and all sorts of nonsense going on there.
0: <laughs> bit, bit, bit of uh, some after-dark stories here. I'm seeing Caleb that we could sort of do some an entire series, I think, kind of on this. But I mean, just one more thing, just so in the lead up to Brisbane, obviously you weren't involved in the sport very young in the lead up to Sydney, but uh, through stories or kind of what you've sort of heard, given that there's a ten-year gap i mean there was an 11 year gap let's be honest when brisbane was announced before 2032 which is obviously a few more years longer than the general cycle would have been back for sydney does that do you think in a way help a sport like handball to be able to attract those players to get the team up to a standard where not only are we going to be showing up in brisbane in nine years time but we can be competitive in brisbane in nine years time
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, you know, because there's sort of two, two phases to it really is, I mean, we have to get more people involved in the sport to get a better chance of like some higher quality athletes coming through. But then we have the other challenge of getting those athletes more experience at a higher level of handball, as much as I'd love, love it to be like the standard in in Australia is not good enough for someone to develop into an Olympic athlete at this stage. Um, you know, so at this stage, it's either the standard in Australia has got to get a lot better or you've got to get a couple of individuals who get good enough and then take a chance, head on over to Europe, see if they can apply their trade there and, and, and really bump up their, their experience and then just sort of match just knowledge and skill set.
0: How does that place you, though? I'm mean, interested in just about your age. I don't know what the peak age is for a handball athlete, but, I mean, this is a home city Olympics for you too. You'll be, what, like 43, won't you, by then? So, I mean, like, does that just... I, I will be 43. Do you yeah. think about that? Do you push on? Like, can my 43-year-old body make it to a home city Olympics?
1: <laughs> Look, um... <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but right when it was announced, that was uh, uh, about a month or two after Tom Brady won his uh, last Super Bowl at 43. Yes. (laughs) Um, Hey. It's definitely in the back of my mind. Uh, I threw it straight out. uh, It looked like 10 years. I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm not throwing it out yet, but I I, I think I've reached the point where I can – help handball in australia more as uh, a coach so i'm actually a strength and conditioning coach um and i think i can probably provide more benefit to the team if i if i move into that space
0: uh, just being involved but, somewhere uh, though we'll right see. caleb right like you kind of want exactly, to have your hat around sure. there I, I,
1: <laughs> i'm gonna be in the olympics don't don't worry about that it's just a matter of whether i'll be on the court or on the sideline
0: for sure which have you actually experienced, have you gone to an Olympics to, to watch it before?
1: Uh, no, not live. Um, so what do we got? Paris, you know, like I, it's definitely on my mind. So I, I live in the UK now, so <laughs> Paris might be the, the chance to get there and, and see it live. Um, but yeah, no, no Olympics so far. World champs I've been to and a European championship, but
0: no Olympics. Cause it's that passion, right? Europe, right. And France, obviously, are pretty darn good at handball. Last uh, couple of gold medals have come their way. So, I mean, I I will say, uh, Cab, I have gotten tickets to the Olympics and I am going to see both the bronze medal matches of the handball beyond excited. So, I mean, what can I expect as somebody who has never seen a handball game live to see it at an Olympics in Paris?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you should. Uh, that should be actually super exciting. Uh, obviously, you know, you're going to get a, a fairly passionate atmosphere. <laughs> I mean, it depends, I guess, if France. I think you can probably expect them to go to the gold medal game. So, <laughs> we'll see who turns up in in the bronze medal game. But, you know, regardless of who it is, there, there's always passionate fans who are who are making the making the journey. Um, you know, a, a lot of those countries just have insane fans. To me, it's it, it's crazy. Actually, the the women. Uh, the Hungarian national team—they just have this entourage of, of fans that follow them around. It's a wow. marching band essentially in every stadium, and it's just—I think to me that—that that was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been. I actually saw Hungary play um are really playing against Norway mm-hmm. at the Women's European Championship, and that was yeah. It's a lot of fun to be involved in,
0: for sure. So you're saying I've secretly got to cheer for Hungary to get to the medal rounds, and uh, hopefully maybe they lose the semis and we get a bronze medal uh, Hungarian appearance. Yeah, something like
1: that. If you got maybe like a Hungary, Hungary Montenegro, okay. well, that would be that'll be an atmosphere.
0: All right. Can't can't say mm. I've ever gone to a sporting event and and cheered for Hungary and Montenegro, <laughs> but hey, there's always a first. I I I'm always open to new you know opportunities and new experiences, Caleb. So. um, It'd be a lot of fun. I'll I'll remember that. Just sort of backtracking to, you know, progression that you had once you started playing handball and, as I mentioned, the top first appearance Mm -hmm. for Australia in in 2012. What is that progression like? So you're playing in Queensland, you're playing sort of at that period. Is it just a case of you go to national championships and selectors kind of see how good you are and then go, G'day, Caleb, how you doing? Want to come play for Australia?
1: Yeah, um, basically, so... You know, we have the junior national championships, so under eighteen, under twenty-one, uh, those are. And from there, actually, in two thousand and seven, I went to a, a youth world championship. So played a couple of years at the under eighteen national championships, was doing pretty well with it. So yeah, in, invited down to be part of the squad in the lead up to that, that youth world championship. Um, yeah, selected so like from there, and basically from there, it was okay, guys. Like congratulations good youth championship now if you want to come be part of the men's squad you know the the extended squad uh by all means we want to get you guys in and and training and you know bump up the level a little bit so yeah and from there like okay so part of the part of the national squad but also just sort of plugging away i had a few more years of juniors and and then into sort of the the senior national championships and Definitely see how see how you go from there.
0: Rest is history. Which was that sort of the aspirations once you started, I guess, getting good enough that you were making state squads and everything was to eventually don the green and gold.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly when it sort of became a a a goal. Like definitely the the youth world championship was not something I'd ever really thought about. It was just. um, I uh, heard playing handball, like, oh, yeah, pretty good at this. And, oh, actually, we, we've got an invite this year to the to the Youth World Championship. Yeah, cool, like, definitely. And from there, um, you know, seeing some of the guys at the level there. So we saw uh, Denmark. I mean, we played against Sweden and, and Korea, who were just incredible at the youth level. Um, yeah, you know, and then I think we ended up, we watched the final, which was a, a Denmark-Croatia game she's like just the the level and i guess the atmosphere there and, and just the skills that those guys were putting on show that was when it really was like oh, i look like if i want to do this i'm gonna like let's have a real crack at it and i think from there it was uh, yeah let's go national team i want to get back to the world championships see some of these guys again see if i can mix it up with them but yeah
0: fantastic and the national team am i not mistaken to call the crocodiles is that is that correct
1: yeah, it is, but we're not entirely sure where it came from. <laughs> so, like, This is just, uh, we did the classic, right? So, I mean, obviously, like, as, as social media started taking off, oh, okay, we better get ourselves an Instagram. Um, it's just a couple of the players who are handling it. We're, oh, do we have a nickname? Let's just Google that. So we just Googled it. <laughs> oh, the Wikipedia. Here's a list of Australian team I was going to say, did you have to, like, make sure go?
0: it wasn't taken, right? Like, you know, because we've uh, got a lot that have been taken already.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, no. So there we were, the crocodiles, and apparently we're the, we're the only ones. So we're What are, are, the, what are the women um, called?
0: Do the women have a nickname? I don't think so, actually. Oh, Jeez, well, yeah, well go
1: give themselves one, huh?
0: I know, yeah. they need to work on that, I feel. Uh, you know, because yeah. the Croquettes, I don't know that probably doesn't sound right. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Cro- crocodilians, Crocodilians. <laughs> um, the yeah, I have no yeah, idea. it's
1: actually it's interesting, but because our new, well, our new coach, he's back coaching us now, Take Ramadani, who was uh one of the City Olympians, he, he said he was around when the the Crocs nickname came about and apparently it was just one of the, one of the guys just decided <laughs> in probably in a fairly similar interview that, oh, nah, like we're, we're the Crocs. Yep. Yeah,
0: why not? Well, I mean, it's, it's so an obvious one you feel how that wasn't taken. You know, that's kind of a very obvious what, Australian animal that you think somebody would have. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah. Wow. Quite formidable. I like it. Yeah,
0: that, that works well. Well, I think, you know, our goal between now and Brisbane, then if the women don't have a nickname, then that's that's our goal. We'll, we'll get oh. them a nickname ahead of that. I mean, I, I love scouting out nicknames because obviously we've got a bit of big Canadian connection on this team and they look at us weirdly. They're like, why do you name all your teams after animals? And it's like, well, because it's cool, right? And then you try and get the ones in Australia yep. that don't have nicknames. I'm trying to get the Moguls team to call themselves the Bumperoos. So hopefully that will take <laughs> off eventually. But you know, I don't know if they've formally adopted <laughs> that yet, Kayla. But I like the, the Crocodiles. Mm. is just so natural. And it's, as you said, it's fierce. And yep. it's do you have like merch? Like now that you've got this Instagram, like do you kind of think you can get some merch? Or do we have to work on that in the next nine years ahead of Brisbane?
1: We have like, we have a little bit of merch, but it's, it's not a lot. I mean, you can buy yourself a, a playing jersey. Get your Great. name on it if you want. Oh, um, good to know. That's, that's sort of the, the extent of it. <laughs> I'm a Jersey of, yeah.
0: man, Caleb. I'll, we'll I'll get like one of those.
1: Fan merch. Yeah. I yeah. think there needs we to don't be. Sell. You know what we need is those those clapping arms with the yes. crocodile teeth on them. Hey. And then in the stadium, everyone can...
0: Everyone uh... in Brisbane will have those. I mean, it's a Queensland animal, basically. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it fits yeah. into the environment and everything along those lines. So, plenty of marketing opportunities here. Get the kids involved, <laughs> right? It's all about the kids. Yeah, getting, yeah. Them, getting them on the court and everything along those lines. I just... I love... The level though that you can kind of do with things like that, and then obviously, I sort of got connected through you after finding that the Instagram page you mentioned, then through to the website because that going back to marketing the sport and getting people involved is a key thing nowadays, isn't it? Social media,
1: oh, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, as I spoke about when I was trying to get into the sport and just to have to chat to my PE teacher versus what you can achieve now. <laughs> I mean, like, if I go on and just Google, hey, I want to play handball in Brisbane, and my bank has a couple of results. Like, yeah. um, it's it's helped so much, obviously. Like, and and now we're getting kids in, involved more and more. Um, you know, yeah, obviously social media, like has has been a big game changer in terms of those, I guess, I mean, handball, but obviously all those fringe sports are really benefiting from that sort of thing.
0: Because I talked to Haven a little bit about the fact that in the lead up to her interview, I discovered that handball video games exist. And I mean, you know, little things like that can all of a sudden get kids interest and everything like I mean I gotta ask you do you play you know the handball whatever it's called FIFA handball probably not FIFA handball yeah, but like yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you had a go at it before
1: <laughs> yeah I had a crack at it it's not much chop that one <laughs> um, I don't know it's, it's just something it doesn't flow very smoothly as a video game handball, right I don't
0: think Okay, it's kind of like whenever you you get like an AFL video game, you think this will be awesome and it's never quite up to the standard you're expecting. No, no, no,
1: (laughs) just all choppy. You can't, you know, like the handball is very free-flowing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As a video game, I'm going to lock it in and I'm going to pass (laughs) you.
0: Were you ever in one, like sort of in any of the leagues you played in? Did you end up sort of in any teams in, in any of the video games?
1: In the video games? No. The Australian team was actually in the Ah, the original launch of the, what's it called? I think Handball Challenge, I think it's called. Um, So, I think they're up to their fourth version now, but I think uh, in the first version, you can play as Australia.
0: Okay. Uh, Track it down. I think it's
1: uh, the team from from 2011 World Championships.
0: Okay. So, you just missed out then. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I wasn't in it, wasn't it, but that's okay. Uh, all the guys have low rankings. So
0: I want be part of that. Exactly. 99s or I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> can't you bump it up aren't there cheat codes where you can sort of go in there and just boost it all up right, right? You, you do that, I do that in NBA like in NBA 2K you just make yourself like everyone 99 all yeah, your teams yeah, yeah. like a zero I'm winning every game by like 500 points I'm really good at this
1: uh, <laughs> no you know what like actually it's it's funny because the ad for the game it says like right at the end like and if you really want a challenge go and win the world championships as Australia <laughs> they are definitely, definitely taking a piss out of this but- sounds
0: a bit of a dick move, handball makers. Yeah. Like, who's the shittest country in the world to play handball? Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, win yeah, the yeah. world. Cha- wow. Okay. Yeah, so uh,
1: I'm kind of glad I missed
0: out on that one, really. <laughs> well, how about we go ahead and we get Norway, Denmark, France. Or oh, if you want to win the world championships of cricket, then play as Norway or Denmark. Yeah, exactly. or yeah. France, you yeah, know, sure. come on. Get it right hmm. back at them that way. Wow. Jesus, I didn't realize that that could happen in, in the world of handball. That, that, that world championship experience in, in 2013, what was that, yeah. What was that like?
1: Oh, yeah, incredible. So, I mean, we played in Madrid uh, and we were in the same group as Spain. Um, so, without talking about the result, uh, <laughs> you know, just the, the experience of actually being out there in front of, I think we had a crowd of 10,000. Wow. Uh,
0: there wouldn't yeah. even be 10,000 handball uh, players in Australia, I can imagine, Caleb.
1: No, not even close, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's it's not something that you can replicate very often, I think.
0: <laughs> That's... I,
1: I, I have this very distinct memory of that game, actually, because we, we actually took the lead uh, 3-0. <laughs> so it's a bit of a funny one. Like, obviously, everyone's come up there expecting Spain to, to trounce us and then they get a, get a good show, and eventually they did, but... You know, we, we started really well and they started just like classic. Like I think, you know, they hit the crossbar and maybe like a goalkeeper made a save. So we took the the lead, 3-0, and I just remember the crowd was dead silent. <laughs> trotting on, trotting on back to defense, and you could hear the ball rolling along because it has resin on it, so it has that sticky sort I could hear it rolling across the ground. I like, wow. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget that one. That's but.
0: crazy. That's what, a, what an amazing memory that would be there. But, I, I mean, it must be, you know, how do you go into a world championship like that, knowing realistically that maybe you're probably not going to get a win, you know, they're, they're not going to be progressing out of that? Is it a case of you're told, let's get within a certain amount of goals, let's lead by 3 nothing against Spain to quiet the crowd? Like, I mean, kind of what does a team set goals as when realistically there might not be much you can take from a tournament like that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, obviously against the bigger teams, like, like Spain Croatia, Egypt, even, um, you know, we, we had our own team goals and it's about, okay, like concede less than this, score more than this. Like let's focus on, I guess, a, a rate. This against Croatia we specifically had. So like in 2011, they played Croatia and they had one player a bigger pivot and scored 10 goals so in 2013 i go all right like this is not the guy that's going to beat us this time we're going to make sure that he doesn't score i think we had the goal of like keeping less than two we kept him to zero which was nice Um uh, yeah so against obviously those bigger teams you have those sorts of goals um this is a great like later stages and you have placement round that sort of thing like so we had games against uh Chile was our, our last game, the 23-24. And obviously the goal there is, is win. And it was you know, within reach. I think we lost by six or seven in the end. Um, you know, but in those rounds, it's, it's not out of reach. And definitely you're sort of chasing the wins there against those teams.
0: Because it's always those ones I love talking to athletes in sort of these sports where you have placement games and we talk a lot about this during an olympics like what the fuck is the point of having a placement for ninth who gives a shit but like at the same time i can imagine for a country in a sport where you know making the world championships is your gold medal that yeah if you can come away from that and not finish 24th and finish 23rd that that's a big deal
1: yeah yeah for sure i I mean like even if you want to talk specifically about it for us like we need to show some some progress i mean we're talking about like funding sponsorship these mm. sorts of things like if we can show that we're improving then our chances of getting that funding they're getting that sponsorship they're getting better as well um uh, you know if we just show up lose the group games and then oh, your tournament's over then you know what's the attraction um yeah and then the other thing is that hey, right, the more more games we play the better it is for us mm-hmm. so it, it's great that there's placement rounds and all that sort of
0: stuff. And against, obviously, opposition. Like, I, I don't imagine Chile's often on the phone to you going, hey, Australia, want to have a friendly handball game. You know, like, it's it's a, probably a rare c- occasion that you get to play countries outside of your region and, at events like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it, it's it's very rare for us to get out of Oceania, even in, in terms of, like, friendlies of the national team. Um, get to, like, Japan that sort of stuff. We're starting it now that we've been... So we've been in Asia now for six seven years um you know so now we're starting to get some connections there in terms of hey we can we can show up to this tournament two weeks early and get some friendly games in that sort of thing um build some of those connections that way and and that's that's something that's going to help a lot
0: and obviously, Spain went on to win the gold. Croatia went the bronze in that tournament. So, you know, you get to play against two of the, the medalists there. I mean, the question i got to ask going back to the whole video game scenario of them being dicks, uh, are the Spanish and the Croatians on the court basically saying to you, "I'm like, hey, try to play as you guys in the in the bloody video game. You guys suck. This should be Like, is there trash talking going on there out in the court?
1: um like no the spanish guys were, were really nice um i remember specifically like we were having a good chat it's a bit funny they sort of um i don't know I, I guess they don't understand the whole like oh hey like qualifying for us was a huge win and yeah we want we want that 23rd place because you know after the group phase we were chatting to them and, oh guys like you gotta hit this pub in madrid and this this <laughs> club and yeah like, we gotta go play placement games like these are the games we're going to win
0: <laughs> They're so focused yeah, on the fact that, that you're shot. easy beats. You'll be gone in three weeks, yeah. mate. Go off and get pissed. Like, no, we've got more to play. Job, Come on. Done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, look, like it, it's Madrid. It's a great city, and definitely, you know, most people probably go there. They want to experience it. um Yeah, and then on the other side, like Croatia, I mean, they were they were nice about it, but they have a little more of that, I guess, uh, like banter. American, and particularly like with Australia, because we have those those former Yugoslav guys, so they're always just just throwing a little bit of trash talk (laughs) at us. You know, everyone obviously like we, we all dine in the same in the same room. Everyone's having lunch and dinner in the same room. I remember before we played them, they were they were definitely throwing some chat at some of the Serbian boys.
0: <laughs> Which I was going to say with a with a language barrier, what, what do you know you're being trash talked to? Like, can you just kind of tell by the tone of them, or do they come and speak to you in like broken English or something? Like, hello, you're shit or something like that? Like that's all they learn. Oh. <laughs>
1: No, no. so so we were leaving, uh, I remember we were leaving the dining room, I think it must have been lunch before our game against Croatia, and they were just, oh boys, don't worry, have the extra dessert tonight, we've got an easy run. (laughs) Uh,
0: Wow, jeez, again, challenge them to cricket, I'm just telling you, they give you shit, you say, mate, I've got a bat and a ball and some stumps, come and have a game with me, my friend. Let's even the playing field. There should be like a leg like going on there for these countries who, you know, you think of like America and the UK, they're good at every bloody sport, but like there are obviously some countries that are really good at like one sport that are then Mm. really bad at other sports. So like, again, cricket is very fringe sport in only certain parts of the world. Handball, only certain parts of the world. Let's have an Olympics where we get these sports and have it over two legs. Right? So Croatia might yep, beat us right. by 30 goals in handball. Good for them. But we're going to beat them by an innings and three wickets in bloody cricket. So we win the overall gold medal. I'm just saying that makes it fair. Uh,
1: come up with some sort of aggregate hey, system to
0: beat them. Exactly. That's, I'm just I'm just trying to work that out there. Just on the Oceania Championships. So 2012. Now, you, you go to a World Championship and the results aren't fantastic in terms of that level of what you're wanting. But then in the Oceania Championships you're beating New Zealand 31 to 10. I mean, that's just a, that's a, that's a whooping. So, I mean, do you just kind of leave those ones and go, ah, crap, we should have beaten them by, you know, another 10 goals. It's only New Zealand in handball. I mean, how does that work?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, again, it's about having specific goals for that match. Um, You know, I I think our goal was to keep them under 10. So we we (laughs) lost that one. Damn Uh, it. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, obviously for us, it's a chance to, to, practice you know and get to know each other because we don't get to play those matches so look like we'll rotate through everyone, try it all the different combinations all the different tactics that you want to run through um you know and and not to disparage them too much like new zealand they're they're definitely improving there's there's an argument that they're improving at a, a much faster rate than australia um yeah and Like, it's good for them as well. And that's why I think the Asian Championships is actually, it's been hugely beneficial. So they get the invite to the Asian Championships as well, um, which is massive for them. Uh, And then, you know, the Oceania, it's it's interesting. Uh, Like, that particular year, New Zealand, I think, is the only country that can afford to come to Australia. But in any other year, you might have, uh, like, Tahiti and and New Caledonia. Uh, And whilst they're not technically eligible because they're French colonies uh to qualify they they really bump up the level there's actually some some pretty good handball as you can imagine in that french colony of france actually have like a a development academy in new caledonia so you you have some some pretty good handball coming out of those some kids there um yeah it it really um it does provide like a a decent level for us to play against
0: fascinating to hear that because obviously with haven she was talking a lot about obviously the level of handball in quebec say versus uh you know the rest of canada in terms of sort of having those roots tied into france and that just when it comes to facilities wise i mean in the lead up to brisbane will there be sort of a, a improvement on facilities that you guys can handle or do you sort of have to do a lot of this training overseas to kind of have a a betterment, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess the long winded way of asking is, will there be funding to be put into the sport enough that there can be a designated facility that Australians can train in the lead up to Brisbane?
1: Yeah. Uh Look, it's, it's something we've been after for a while is, is to have, yeah, a home, you know, something that we can permanently use as, all right, hey, every, every time we want to get the national team together, let's bring them here. And we've had like the Sydney, uh, like so, the Olympic Stadium is is a, a legacy venue. So we essentially have access to that. I mean, theoretically, whenever we want, but there's a, a lead-in time. Um, we haven't got that in Brisbane yet. Like in terms of facilities, they're they're there, but we still sort of lose out priority-wise. To oh, like, oh no, Futsal Futsal have their their season booked in advance, and uh, there's basketball every night at this stadium. And I mean, like at UQ, for example, we have. Competing with badminton bookings constantly. Uh,
0: <laughs> classic badminton. What can we say?
1: Uh, everywhere.
0: Yeah. Bloody hell. Come on. <laughs> Which I mean, is obviously it, it. It leads into pursuing opportunities in the sport. Europe, obviously, the hotbed. You've you played in Slovenia. You're obviously in the UK at the moment. What What is the reception like to an Australian trying to make it in the leagues in in handball? Is it? Uh, Added challenges, I guess, does it come to somebody coming from a country which, again, handball, not a traditional sport?
1: Yeah, I think it adds a challenge. But, I mean, you can always show – so, actually, I played in Spain uh, for about a year and a half uh, after the the World Championships. So, I went over in 2014. Yes, 2014. Um, And, you know, like, uh, you can always sort of say, look, yeah, like, I haven't come from a handball country, but I've been – at this level, like I've played against the best in the world. Who have you played against? Like, um, not in that way, but just look like.
0: Looks good not, on the resume, basically that you've sort of, you've yeah, competed at it's that level. Not
1: Intimidating you know, to be, in, you can come into this, this league and be like, look like, all right. Yeah. Like these teams are, are better than what we play in, in Australia. And like, yeah, okay. For me, this is like a challenging level, but they're not as good as those guys that we played against in Spain. Mm. Um, so whatever there's nothing to lose there's nothing to be afraid of <laughs> get out there show you what you can do <laughs>
0: which I, is there a, a peak league that everybody aims to play in like so say like the premier league you may be in football like what is kind of that league that if you're progressing through the ranks in handball is it is it in denmark norway france kind of one of those sort of countries
1: yeah germany i mean so there, there is a, a champions league um you know same way as football you're going to get a number of teams from a number of countries uh in terms of like a, a single domestic league the the german bundesliga is is definitely the peak um, and it's probably just because the i guess the the spread of the teams is is less than it is in most other countries um you know so like france have a good league spain have a good league uh, obviously like denmark norway these countries they all have good leagues slovenia has a good league as well um But I think you start to see a little bit, I don't know, I mean, this is just my opinion, but the Champions League, it creates sort of issues where in in Slovenia, for example, you get one club qualifies for the Champions League. And okay. So the club is, is in the champions league, which means, Hey, like all the young kids playing handball in Slovenia, Oh, this is the club I want to play for. And they get a little bit more money from sponsorship. They have a little bit, you know, so, Oh, it attracts more of the players and they have more money. And so it just sort of snowballs into getting like this club is is compounding and compounding. They get, you know, they get access to this league, which means they get more funding. They get more sponsorship, which means they get better players, which means they stay in this league. Which, yeah. Um, but Germany, you don't have that. You have three, four teams that are going to qualify for the Champions League, and it's different almost every year um, you know, within the Bundesliga. Anyone can beat anyone on any day.
0: Wow, that's what we like. We like a competitive sort of tournament when it comes to any sport like that. Fascinating to learn that. You're on the, in the UK right now. So what's I guess the handball scene like in in the UK?
1: Yeah, it's similar to what it is like in Australia. It's a little bit better structured. So it's actually really interesting for me because they're obviously about 10 years post holding the Olympics. Uh, So what you're starting to see now is, I guess, a lot of the kids who were like me in 2012. Um, You know, they they saw the Olympics, they wanted to get involved. Um, Now that they've been playing for a couple of years, and they're they're really developing their skills. Um, You know, so it's similar in that, okay, like the club that I'm playing with, it's a lot of... There's some some French expats, some Spanish expats, a couple of Polish guys. Like you get that to sort of bolster the competition, and then you have like okay, yeah, there's a there's a young British guy who just finished his tour of duty with the youth national team, There's a, a guy who's in the senior national team now, and another one who played a couple of years ago. Uh, so it's it's similar culturally like that, um, but the organizational structure of the league is a little bit better, I would say. Um, and again, I think a lot of that has to do with everything just being closer and, you know, <laughs> driving distance as opposed to having to fly somewhere to play a game.
0: Yeah, obviously I'll be very close there. But, I mean, the good news I will say that we can say as an Australian perspective against uh, the UK and Great Britain, obviously traditional rivals, uh, at the Sydney Olympics, uh, the, the men's team uh, went uh, five, played five, lost five, with a goal difference of minus 72. Uh, at the London Olympics, Britain went five losses for a goal difference of minus 86. So I'm saying we beat the UK in terms of home Olympics. We didn't suck as much as they did. So.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we we can hold that, but we have actually played them a couple of times and, <laughs> and lost.
0: Uh, we don't talk about <laughs> no, that. Is ca- it, oh the Olympics gosh. is where it counts, Caleb. Come on. you know What does that, what does that count? Who cares? The Olympics is where it's at. They no, lost no, no. by more goals. So I'm saying right no. now come on now Britain pick your game up is there can we have an ashes yeah. like a handball ashes is this something that we need to get going I look like I mean we could
1: but there I guess UK is a similar spot to Australia where where funding is is tight and so uh, you know you're paying a lot of money I guess to, <laughs> to come and play a Against uh, sort of small, small small
0: uh, humps, Caleb. We can work that. We can find some rich person yeah. in the Middle East, yeah, I'm for, sure. For no, sure, right?
1: exactly. If yeah. someone wants to have an ashes and, and throw it put, it, put it put up the cash then exactly. let's go. Exactly. We'll, we'll
0: do it for exactly. sure. Exactly. I'm telling uh, you now, we can make it happen somewhere. It's gonna take off after Brisbane, you know. Like this will this will be the the fairy tale story of the Olympics. I mean, I remember back in two thousand that one of my favourite gold medals was Simon Fairweather winning archery. Australia never won a medal in archery in the history of the Olympics, won a freaking gold. And I mean I don't know if Archery really took off much after that. Should have great sport. Other conversation, but I'm saying we can do the fairy tale in 2032. It'll be our version of the Miracle on Ice. It'll be the Miracle on Court. And you know, you would have gone on as a 43-year-old gold medal around your neck. You'd you, you'd just be dreaming of that moment and handball crazy Australia 2033. It will overtake the AFL as the biggest sport in the country. Easy.
1: Uh, yeah, look, like uh, I mean, I'm not expecting us to overtake the AFL, but there's that's definitely something I'm really excited for is, is what it's going to look like in sort of that, yeah, 2033, 2034. Um, you know, I, I think that there's something that we, we definitely learned a lesson from Sydney about, look, like it's, it's important to use the lead up to, to focus on the teams that are going to be competing at the Olympics, but it's also important to make sure we're putting things in place so that when there's some hype after the Olympics, yeah, we can really hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, you know, so a, a lot of that stuff is is now what we're trying to work on is getting more getting more coaches accredited, getting more referees accredited, so we can actually like uh, look, let's have everything up and running and and professional well professional, uh, professionally organized. Let's say, but so you know, when the time comes, we're ready to go
0: which it's it is going back to my point about that unique period we find ourselves in this country around the olympics that there is kind of a a gap where we're all of age people like you and i none of these young kids we get on the show who obviously remember the sydney olympics and we've still got people involved in administration and coaching in all the sports who will still have that foothold in the sports come 2032 and as you say exactly learning from maybe past experiences when it comes to the smaller sports, you know, you think of something, say like an indoor volleyball where Australia wouldn't traditionally qualify for an Olympics outside of hosting mm. it, you know, all these other sports where you can learn from that. And as you said, go, well, some things worked, some things didn't let's make it better post Brisbane. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and we're going to see some interesting, you know, like the, I mean the USA with the Los Angeles Olympics, They're sort of what, four years ahead of us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're progressing along a path that we would very much love to follow. Like, they did a really good job, uh, you know, setting up their their university-based league and they, they set themselves up an academy and, and that start, that's really paying off. I mean, they just won two games at the World Championships, which is just, just wild. You know, they qualified for their first World Championship in I don't know, 20 years or something and, and come out and, and win two games. That's... That's, that's a dream in terms of development, I think, and and it's, it's something that we can definitely follow along. look like, I mean, the USA, obviously bigger population, but they have the the same sort of challenges as us where they have these, these really dominant sports that everyone wants to play and then they've got to try and drag people off. Okay. Like, Oh, Hey, look like you're a pretty good basketball player. Come try this. Um, and and we have the same sort of thing. Like, look, you're a good AFL player. You're not good enough. You're never going to make it. Yeah. But come over here, learn this sport, because in nine years, you could be an Olympian.
0: Is there is there a sport, like in a, which sport in Australia do you guys get a lot of recruiting? Is it AFL? Is it basketball, netball? Like, I mean, because all the combinations, obviously, that come with the sport of handball.
1: Yeah, I mean, basketball is probably the predominant one, I, like just for the popularity i'd say but we've had i guess success stories from from every sport but like uh, one of our best players in the national team right now is is an was an afl player um volleyball i think in my opinion if you were were looking for like similar skills volleyball is is the best sport um save for the the contact in defense but you know like (laughs) in terms of the lateral movement and, and jumping and that sort of overhead motion in a jump like that spiking or jump serving skill translates, I think best to the the jump shot in handball. Right. Yeah. Uh, for sure. but, I mean, I came from baseball, I like, guess was my I, like baseball, basketball were probably competing to be my product, like major sports when I was in high school. Uh, so definitely a combination of those two that, that helped me so much look like,
0: Baseball's Any an interesting one. How, where where do you sort good. of, what do you get from, what can you bring from baseball to handball?
1: Uh, look, throwing. Obviously.
0: Throwing, like, simple, yeah.
1: Yeah. Throwing is is massive. And, and if you can come into the sport and be able to throw, and we, ha- we have some issues with that in, in Australia. Like basketball players, a lot of them can't throw a ball. AFL <laughs> players can't throw a ball. Yeah. You're not, you're can't lift their arm above this. You know?
0: Yeah, that's a good it's point. Like
1: footy guys who live like this. Um, and throwing is yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a massive skill. You can't score a goal without throwing a ball. So True. yeah, that's. If you can throw, it's it's easy to learn everything else. I think.
0: But. It's kind of like I guess. What is it? Um, the 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 whole dodgeball mentality if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball if you can if you can throw a baseball you can throw a handball um, so kind of uh connect connect the dots with uh with that way um we'll get to some closing out questions in in just a moment sort of get you pumped up and amped obviously for your 2032 Olympic appearance but just one thing I wanted to touch on the emerging nations championship that Australia just competed in finishing sixth place in that i can imagine tournaments such as those are big deals for Australia and all emerging nations. Uh, I mean, kind of what was that experience like And a, a sixth position in improvement on the last time in the tournament? So do you sort of leave that tournament heads held high and, and proud of that?
1: Yeah, no, that one for sure. We were, we were super excited about, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, like there's a lot of positive things from that, that, I mean, they don't really reflect on the scoreboard. Um, yeah uh, like you know finishing that last game with a loss to gb not great but just
0: mention the uh, olympics uh, caleb uh, mention the olympics yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, no look i don't think anyone's too upset about it it was a it was a strange format in a tournament and you know i think everyone pretty much agrees that gb probably deserved to be second they got a bit lucky unlucky to to draw cuba in the, in the group stage and they got you know, all of a sudden they finished fifth instead of second um you know but there's a lot of positives from that and you know like for that we had a lot of young guys who came out there into into leadership no leadership let's say into into key positions on the court and they really had to step up and take charge you know so we had two 18 year old playmakers playing that whole tournament and like wow. to, to come out there and 18 you know playing under 24s tournament with by the way like two of the more experienced guys from the national team, either side of them, and they they came out, they took charge, they did a really great job, um, you know, leading the whole game. Uh, You know, so there's a lot of positives from that. And, you know, even little things like we had uh, our win against Moldova where we sort of had a bit of a a wane in the second half and they went on a bit of a run and and caught up and drew even with us and we were able to rally and, and, and get back out in front. And that's something that's like... We're notoriously been bad at in the past, where you know we can get out on a good run and start a game well, but once it starts dropping, it just keeps going down and down and down and down and down. Uh, so you know it, it's it's really good to sort of see those sorts of things happen as well. Where okay, like yeah, we can be excited about how everyone's skills are developing, but also just I guess their their psychological readiness to to you know, be in the game and and play the game and and be sort of aware of the situation and, and how it's going to affect you and and be able to, you know, rally when things go the wrong way and, and fix things when they're not working. Right?
0: Yeah, for sure. All those learning experiences, obviously, that can be used just uh, more and more sort of moving forward. Before I get to the final questions, I'm, I'm fascinated mm-hmm. for anybody who's listening or watching this today. If they want to get involved in handball, is it a simple case of heading to the federation website and kind of finding connections to, to clubs. I mean, cause obviously we want to get more people playing the sport. Caleb.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you can head to the Amble Australia website. Uh, it's probably the easiest way. Otherwise, I mean, you just give it straight up at Google or if you search, you probably can search on, on Instagram <laughs> or, or Facebook and you'll find your closest club, um, you know, by all means reach out You can find, find the men's national team on Facebook reach out tell me where you are like and, and we can find you a club or somewhere to play uh,
0: simple That's yeah. that, that easy there you go and we'll get one started in Tasmania we need to get this federation going don't we come on we we, we where are these yep, yep, yep. Tassie handball players all right I'll put my hand up I'm like two years older than yeah. you I think so you know I mean might have a bit of work <laughs> to do but I, I'm, I'm never giving up on this Olympic dream all right it's gonna happen one day yeah. until they put podcasting in know. the Olympics I'm, I'm Kind of, uh, I've got to, got to do some options out there. But we, we wrap up every interview with a set of get-to-know-you, fun-style questions. As always, these are based on a set of questions that Team Canada gave their athletes ahead of both the Rio and Pyeongchang Olympics. Now, sadly, they never interviewed a handball player because they didn't have a handball team at the Rio Olympics. So I've gone mm. with our good old friend Gavin Schmidt. Schmidt as we like to call him, a volleyball player for Team Canada at the Rio Olympics. And I thought, volleyball, handball, even you said, sort of you, know, you can take some parallels with them. So I'm going to start off. Sure. with your favourite ever Olympic moment is?
1: Oh, geez. <sighs> I reckon I have to go with Steve Hooker.
0: Oh, yes, yes. I don't, we never get that mm. answer. And I love that. I remember watching that live. they old paddle pop lion getting the pole vault gold. Yep. Fantastic. I, You know, random thing. I was in Melbourne, I think, a year ago. And I just walked past him. It's just one of those random things, you're like oh, Olympic gold medalist yeah. is walking down the street in Melbourne. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, uh... All right, cool. Oh, I like that one. Great, great shout. Never hear that one on here. I like that answer. Uh, if you could choose any Olympic host city, where would it be?
1: Well, you mean other than Brisbane? Yeah. Um, you know what? Like, I love. I actually love Madrid as a city. Um, yeah. I think, I mean,
0: like
1: for me, if I was going to go to an Olympics, uh, you know, in in Madrid, I think that would be phenomenal.
0: They've come close very, uh, a bunch of times this millennium. I think they're up there with Istanbul as having lost the most bids. So uh, they're (laughs) due, I think, basically. Uh, Obviously, everyone loves a Barcelona Olympics. So uh, Spain definitely knows how to put on an Olympics. In your spare time, what do you most like to do? Ooh,
1: apart from playing Handball Challenge Four, let's
0: see. <laughs> as Australia,
1: where you can win gold, <laughs> try and try and take Australia to the world championship.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm so doing that. I'm tracking that game down. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go. Hey, everyone, yeah. suck it. Australia can do it.
1: Let's <laughs> see if you find that. Um, look, uh, phew, you know, I'm looking for some new hobbies as a as a Queenslander. Uh, I get out a lot of hiking, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, access to a lot of, that. I mean, in Tasmania, you must have a lot of similar places.
0: Um, Definitely have a few. You know, view, some of yeah. those,
1: those hikes down in Tassie, I, I'd love to go on. Um,
0: Do the three, the the three in, capes. In the future. The, uh, the yeah. old um, yeah. overland track, all those kind of fun ones and that sort of, so I think, I lived in Brisbane for a little bit and is, um is it Tambourine Mountains not too far from Brisbane? Is that the ones I'm thinking of? That? yeah,
1: Tambourines are uh, a nice one. You can get down there for a day easy enough. Uh, Lamington National Park as
0: mm-hmm,
1: well. Mm-hmm. get some
0: yeah. really good ones. Yeah. Do, do you How long has it been sort of since you've actually sort of uh, lived back here in Australia? Do you get homesick a lot?
1: <sighs> yeah. Look, like, I mean, I was living here, living there six months ago. Right. Um, so not too, too bad long. then. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'd say like I get homesick for Australia. Obviously, you miss people. Um that you've grown up with and you know, you always have that look like home is, is always going to be home. (laughs) Like I I grew up in, you know, spent what first 22 years of my life in, in Brisbane. Like, you know, you know, you know where everything is, you know, where your favorite Pad Thai is, you know, where the best coffee is, you know, where oh Hey, like it's Sunday afternoon and the sun's out. I'm going to go have a beer here. Like, um, you know the, those sorts of things. Yeah, like it, it's nice to have in your life, but uh, you know, on the other hand, you have the adventure of learning new ones in a different way. Exactly.
0: Season. Exactly. And then you can put on Origin three times a year, and then uh, you can just get sucked straight back into that, then, can't you? So. Uh,
1: well, I was born in New South Wales. So, uh... Oh, so
0: all right, okay, interesting. So that must come. <laughs> that must have been fun growing up then in Queensland. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, fun old type. Well, actually, when I was in school, it was, wasn't was so bad. <laughs> New South Wales were going a lot better. <laughs> well,
0: that's a weird thing too because now that I live in Sydney and I actually go for a Sydney-based NRL team, yet I go for Queensland. So, like, it doesn't make sense that I go for Queensland, but... Hey, That's, you got. Yeah, old, despite, sure. you, as a Tasmanian, we don't give a shit, really. We're just like, ah, oh, whatever, they'll do. Uh, <laughs> so when you're five years old, oh, that colour's better than blue, I'll go for that one. Yeah. So uh, you, you kind of uh, stick with it. What is the weirdest instruction a coach has ever given you? <laughs>
1: uh look i'm not going to say it's super weird but uh, i guess my interpretation of it was a bit a bit silly <laughs> so we had a new coach come into the team uh 2015 and he was like at, at that stage Hamble was a bit more like it was a lot more fighty and wrestly and, and strength based right and so he was upset. Uh, everyone needed to get bigger and stronger and you know, at the time I was about 98 kilos and he's like, well, I'd love to see you at 105. <laughs> so here I am like, all right, I've got like six months to the Oceania championship. I'm going to put on seven kilos. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> so it's start, you know, but oh, no worries. I'm a freshly graduated bloody exercise sports science student. Oh, I know how to do this so I'm gonna get out there. Yeah. I look like I got to 103. <laughs> <laughs> But it just sucked, you know, like we had a training camp and I I was at 103 kilos and I got my ankles and my knees were sore. I was like, this is not,
0: (laughs) this is not for me. Wow. Jeez. Did, Did he go off at you then because you're two kilos short?
1: Nah, I think it was all pretty happy with it. Oh, that's all right then. As long like, as- I, like, I, I got
0: stronger for sure. Like you it tried. Is, you know, it, it's, it's better.
1: Uh, yes. it, it, it was interesting because it's sort of like, okay, like some aspects of the game, they, they get better. Look, like it is better for defense and it's it's you know, more fun when you're fighting someone breaking through and tossing them off you. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, look like if you want to be speedy and jump high and shake people one-on-one and,
0: probably not you know, going to help me too kilos much i
1: ain't, ain't really the the way to do that
0: so you mentioned that was sort of back then nowadays is it more about the speed and the agility more so than that strength and fighting is it
1: yeah oh the game is just getting it is insane how fast it is now it's just getting faster and faster and like, i mean they're sort of they're changing the rules a lot because they want the game to be quicker and faster and that's you're just starting to see, more possessions in the game, more attacks, more shots on goal. I mean, obviously that's what they want, right? Is they want more goals in the game because they think that that's the most exciting part. Um, I mean, there are some purists who are a little bit upset about that like in terms of look, they want to see some good hard defense and which is not wrong. Uh, you know, it, it is nice to see a defensive battle sometimes, but uh, for me, I, I love transition and counterattacking and yeah. Playing an, an offensive style defense, and that's the game is definitely sort of progressing towards that now, which is great.
0: Show the highlight reels to the kids on those video games, and then then they're in right, and mm. you know they're, they're wearing that green yeah. and gold. Yeah, it, and it, exactly. On that on that topic, actually, it's great that this leads into this next question. Your favourite workout is?
1: Oh god, as <laughs> the strength and conditioning coach.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one, then, or is it? A, is it a? I don't know. Like you're like secretly, I hate them all. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know. They're all very specific. <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, let's keep it simple. So, my little, uh, my my off-season goal uh, for the last couple of years has been to get my my 400 meter sprint time down. Um, so uh, let's put that one up there as my favorite. Uh, it, it actually sucks the most. It's god awful, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's in terms of like, I, I guess a rewarding challenge i think that when you achieve your goals in, in that one it's it's nice and yeah like strength and conditioning like it, it's it's something that's easy to have like some nice specific goals handball is always like you know how do you set an objective goal in a, in a match like you can't sort of say oh look like my goal this game is to score seven goals and then you know you never know like the team could come out playing defense in some way that prevents that or it might just be that the guy on the other side of the court for you is having the best game of his life and mm. the best play that game is to, all right, no, absolutely the best best thing we can do in this game is, is work for him to shoot. Um, so, you know, it is it is nice to have, I guess, that side of your training where like, I have, like, yep, yeah, these are my specific objective targets.
0: Simple. I like that. I like how that works. Yeah. Uh, if you could have lunch with any one person, who would it be?
1: New one person. Um, It's a toss-up. I think I'd have to say Michael Jordan.
0: Yes, that would be a good lunch.
1: Mm. Yeah, I I would have maybe said Kobe Bryant, but let's uh, let's go Michael.
0: Let's go Michael. Are you a big big NBA follower?
1: No, I wouldn't say so. Um, I I was for sure in high school uh, when it was when it was prime Kobe time. I like uh, I'll flip the game on every now and again, but uh, I don't avidly sort of follow follow along with it.
0: I was gonna say, does that make you a Lakers man? And do I not talk about that right now at the time of recording this? Or
1: <laughs> yes, yes. If I had to choose a team, I would be a Lakers guy. I guess. Okay,
0: that's fine. But neither of my teams made the playoffs, so it's fine. I, I don't have anything to gloat about. But it's just more of a case of I like seeing the Lakers lose. So I mean, you know. Yeah, uh, I think Everett's a bit like that. Yes, can't, can't go against that one. Your favorite sandwich is? Tough questions.
1: Uh, I think just like a, you know what, like a
0: good just chicken and abo. Mm, yeah, mm. kind of works. Yeah, Are you a white bread or a whole meal or a multigrain man?
1: Oh, we're all, all about the sourdough. I was going to say, I left that out. Mm-hmm. I hope
0: you would pick up on it. There it is. I Sourdough is always the answer. Let's be honest. it's it's mm-hmm. the Have you ever tried making it? Mm-hmm. I've not tried ma- I've watched a friend make it once and no. I did not realize how hard it is. Um, like
1: yeah, it. it's a bit wild. Right? I know. Ankle, yeah, just for some bread. I, I was like,
0: just go to Coles and buy <laughs> some. Let's do, you know, that's too hard. Come on, get off that one. Yeah. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, jeez. Not invincibility. I don't know. But I,
1: I, it's a toss-up between like flight and, uh, and teleportation. I
0: don't mm. know. Just being able to get places pretty easy. Like, you know, I'm bored. Yeah, I'm exactly. Gonna, e- either, you know. either way
1: about, yeah, being able to get somewhere. Yeah. Would
0: be well, you mentioned like cool. your, your favorite pad time, your favorite coffee in Brisbane. You could just, oh, I'm hungry. What am I yeah, go? Let's cool. go let's yeah, bank, down to South yeah, Bank. Yeah. Let's, you know, I'm in London, but that won't take me long. Let's do that one. Uh, best candy. What? The best candy in the world to you, Caleb, is?
1: The best candy You know what I love actually Those Allen's Peaches and Cream
0: Oh yes Yum mm. That's a good answer I remember
1: actually They started Like they started putting Just the solo Peaches and Cream Packets out right
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I love mean. it when they do things Because like, didn't they like um People say only wanted You know A certain colour snake So wouldn't they have like The red snakes only yeah. Or something like that right yeah. Like and. And then like with the jelly beans, they would do it where they would because no one liked the black jelly beans, but some people loved them. So they would sell like purely black jelly beans. And it's interesting. Good marketing (laughs) ploys by Alan Zen. They're they're smart Mm, people in those industries. I don't know.
1: They're probably losing out money. I used to just buy the party mix and
0: then pick it (laughs) up. Just pick them out, do that sort of stuff. Uh, You might have answered this. Uh, Your favorite sports team as a kid was?
1: Uh I actually I'd have to go with a baseball team and it was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ah, as a kid. Interesting.
0: Okay. Mm. Any particular reason why the Diamondbacks?
1: Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Johnson, I don't know, you know, I think that might have been that might have been the team that we saw so we, you know, did a did a trip to the states uh as a young kid and yeah, I think we might have seen them play. Perfect. Yeah. That oh, we definitely saw them play to I
0: today. Love, I love that when you try to explain, you know, because anybody who follows North American sports, you know, you choose a team and it's we're on the other side of the world. So it's not really a simple no. case of whatever, but like, yeah, you, you went to a city, you saw a game, you like a player. Like the Bulls are one of my two yeah. teams in the NBA because I grew up in the 90s. So of course I'm going to go for the, yeah, the Bulls so. and Jordan and stuff like that. So it's kind of, a, yeah, it's fascinating when you kind of do that. But I like that. Uh, did you see baseball in Sydney when you went down to the Olympics?
1: Uh, yeah, so my, my dad was actually um, coaching.
0: in the- At the Olympics mm. or just in general? Yeah. No, no, at the Olympics. Oh, no. there you go. All right. There's, there's Olympic connections. It's a family business almost there, the, the Brisbane is, mm. is, is, is on the horizon. So somehow or another that's going to work. I love that. Uh, your favourite sports movie is?
1: <sighs> I reckon... Any given Sunday or Coach Carter? No, I think any given Sunday.
0: Good answers. Yeah. I like that. I, lo- I love Smitty's uh, answer here. Basketball, classic movie. That <laughs> one that's got to be talked about more, it's I think. very
1: Canadian answer. Yes, on.
0: exactly. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Jeez. Um, oh, I
1: don't know. I should probably say London. Uh, <laughs> no. Nah. I-, I think it would be Madrid, honestly. I, I really think that
0: that's... Big fans yeah. of Madrid. That left an impact. Those Spanish players on the court telling you to go to those bars. It worked. Your heart's still mm. there. Yeah, it
1: yeah, exactly. was yeah.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I love this question because you can interpret this however the hell you want. When you were little, what was one thing you always thought?
1: <laughs> one thing I always thought, Charmander was better than Squirtle. <laughs> no. <one of those. laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I'd agree with that. You always started with Charmander, yeah. you know? Yeah. You always started with Squirtle or Bulbasaur. Come on. He fire in his challenged. tail. Like that, that exactly. wins any debate. Yeah. Anyway, yes, yeah, so I, I stop there. Don't don't bother thinking anymore. That's that's a great answer. I love that one. Um yeah. Last one, because the, the the actual last one is a written one, and we, we obviously can't really do that in a podcast. But your favourite joke to tell, if you've got one, if you have got a joke, is there a go to joke you always have?
1: Uh, what do we go with? A man walked into a bar and said, "Ouch."
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like I need give me give me try that again. I actually can have a sound effect and go along with that.
1: Oh okay. <clears throat> man walks into a bar says ouch
0: there we go i need to make i mean I need to crazy, make use crazy. of these uh these situations going on next to me i absolutely love that Caleb, that is fantastic i love hearing that and it's a perfect way to end it before we let you go uh social media anything that people can follow your journey on uh, as you continue on your handball career and push towards 2032 yeah i mean
1: you can track me down on on instagram just caleb game nice and easy uh i have that unique last name so i got a nice easy (laughs) username as well
0: simple um
1: yeah but i think like i prefer Trackers men's handball uh was women's handball as well by the way but of course uh, i think we've got a little more going on this year well the girls have uh, asian champs
0: december yeah there we go we can follow them and we're gonna get them a nickname Caleb, we need to we need to find yeah, one as well, it, huh? so people can sort of uh, send some suggestions in along the way. Caleb mate, it's been such an honour to be able to to chat to you about the sport of handball. I could sit here for another five hours and talk to you about it. I mean, literally, when I got selected to choose tickets, I had my like five mm. sports that I wrote down, and I straight away that automatically the top three were modern pentathlon, handball, and archery. Now, modern pentathlon and archery were nice. sold out. Yeah. And handball wasn't really. Yeah, they were sold out. So, um, boom, got my handball tickets. I was a happy in man. Pass. So, yeah, they, oh, they yeah. love arrows and and five sports all at once in Paris. So, there you go. But <laughs> such an honour to have you on here, mate. And uh, maybe I'll bump into you in Paris, and we'll we'll grab a croissant at the uh, the bronze medal games. Yeah, next year.
1: for sure. Mate, absolutely. Be my pleasure.
0: And a massive, massive thanks to Caleb for his time. And also a special thanks to Handball Australia for connecting us with Caleb and arranging that chat for us. Such a fun chat there. And I I talked about it a lot with Haven, obviously, around the whole video game of handball and how exciting that sounds. And now knowing that basically uh, we got trolled by handball video games that you suck. But uh, I'm I'm essentially saying, and and I meant that what I said to Caleb, that we need to get some sort of round-robin balanced section out there for these countries who are really good at one sport and maybe not so good at other sports. So Croatia, Norway, Hungary, France, we challenge you to a handball cricket off. I have no idea how that would work, but I'm telling you now that our Australian cricket teams and both the men's and women's would easily beat the French men's and women's cricket teams, so much so that you can beat us as much as you want in handball, but I'm sure we would be closer to you in handball than you would be to us in cricket. So I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Make that a thing at the Olympics in 2032, IOC and IOC. I'm sure that is definitely something that we can make do. But again, Caleb, massive pleasure. And I mentioned in that chat, of course, I've got tickets to the Paris Olympics and tickets to handball. So I'm going to be sitting in a stadium in just on a year's time watching handball and Olympic games, an absolute dream come true. And uh, hopefully in nine years time, I and anybody else listening to this can also be sitting in a stadium in Brisbane cheering on Caleb and both the Australian men's and women's teams there. And let's find a name for the women's handball team. I don't know what it can be, but we're going to find a name for it before Brisbane 2032. Speaking of the Paris Olympics, Next week, can you believe it, and I'm not joking when I say this, will be one year until the Paris Olympics. That is absolutely insane that I can sit here and tell you that next week we will be a year away from the next Olympic Games, given that we just freaking had an Olympic Games. And we're about to uh, go straight into another one. So next Wednesday will be 12 months exactly until the opening ceremony. So that means that here and off the podium, we're going to come together and we're going to bring you our looking ahead to Paris 2024 episodes. Now this is, I believe the fourth such occasion that we have done an episode such as this before. We did a looking ahead to Pyeongchang. We did a looking ahead to Tokyo. Well, it was more of a discussion about the cancellation of Tokyo, which was then a looking ahead to Tokyo. We then obviously did a looking ahead to Beijing. And now we're going to do a looking ahead to Paris. So essentially, year out from an Olympics, we will sit down and talk about an Olympic Games. And we're going to be doing that about Paris. So we'll go over, I guess, all the latest things that have come out from the three years or two years since Tokyo, kind of give a very early preview ahead of the Olympics and see how we are tracking in both Australia, of course, and Canada with Colin on the line alongside Jared and just give a wide-ranging discussion ahead of the Paris Olympics. So that will be next week. And, of course, we are then in the midst of the Women's World Cup right now, the FIFA Women's World Cup, which at the time of you listening to this started last night. And we of course had our preview episode for it last week, so there's there's lots going on here. There's moving cogs and everything along those lines. So we're obviously not doing the full extent of the coverage like we did with the men's World Cup, but as we mentioned last week, we will bring you reviews of the certain stages of the tournament. So essentially, after our looking ahead to Paris World Cup uh, Olympics episode, I'm World Cup Olympics on the mind. After our Paris episode next week, we will then bring you a group stage review. Of the Women's World Cup. Then we will break for another amazing interview. And I'll just say this right now we're returning to the sport of triathlon and we are going to be speaking to a two time Olympic medalist in the sport of triathlon. So get very excited for that one. And then we go back into talking about the Women's World Cup. We will then have a knockout phase review and previewing the final, followed by a final and a tournament review as well. So lots of moving pieces, lots of discussion around tournaments going on here. Obviously we are an Olympics podcast, but we like to talk about major events and the world cup is obviously a very big major sporting event. So we're going to talk a little bit about that one. So get excited for that. And once we're done with that, we'll get back to a few more interviews. We'll get our opening ceremony review. Of course we're doing Calgary next, our Calgary 1988 opening ceremony review. We've done our Rio one. We've done a Lillehammer one. Go back and listen to those A few more interviews. And then later this year, speaking of major events for the very first time ever, On Off the Podium, we are going to be covering a Pan Am Games. We've done the Commonwealth Games. We've obviously done the Olympic Games. That's why we're here. But we are going to be doing a Pan American Games. They are being held in Santiago, Chile this year. And Colin will be steering the ship in that one. Because as we keep saying every time I tease these, we have absolutely no idea if here in Australia, Jared and I will be able to even watch them. So uh, we'll find a way. Life finds a way, in the great words of a great man. And we will come back and do a few episodes on those. So plenty still to come for the remainder of 2023. It is a big year with plenty to keep you entertained in the meantime. And then as we close out 2023, we're going to be in an Olympic year. Get excited. We're back to another Olympic year, 2024, the Paris Olympics, which, as I said, are a year away. It's just insane to think about that but uh that's why we're here we live and breathe the olympics and we're going to live and breathe the next 12 or so months because we're going to be busy we're going to be bringing you some great content and we're going to get you so pumped for those Olympic Games. Thanks again to Caleb for his time and thanks again for everybody who listened in. If you like this interview too and you want to see the video version of it, hit us up on YouTube where you can search for Off the Podium, subscribe to that channel while you are there. Do the same for all of the podcast channels where you listen to your podcast from, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. No matter where there is a podcast, I'm sure we're on it. Also, you can hit us up on social media, Off the Podium, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us a message, let us know what you think of the show. Request a guest, request an episode, anything else Along the lines, are you going to Paris next year? Are we going to bump shoulders? Can we share a croissant watching the handball next year? I'd love to meet you. Why not hit me up? And we can definitely make that happen. And just so many great things that we've got planned on this show. We are so very much looking forward to bringing you those along the way. As always, a shout-out to the Birmingham Bull. I think there's Meatloaf. Put a sock in it, Mountain. Razzle-dazzle. We've got so many goddamn closing lines. I think we need to tighten up and come up with some. But I'll say once again, thanks for listening. Thanks to Caleb. My name is Ben, and remember to go left. (laughs)